Hi everyone, I just want you to know that the following podcast includes information about abuse and sexual assault and the recovery and resilience around it. So please take care while listening. Welcome to Moneymaker, the podcast that gives you the tools to enrich your life in every sense of the word. I'm your host, Nelly Galan. Let's get started. Sylvia Vasquez Laval, what an honor to have you on the show. You've just, you've written an incredible book, In the Shadow of the Mountain. You are a social entrepreneur, an activist, and an explorer. You're from Peru. You're in Peru right now. You have had a life of resilience and achieving incredible things, something we all need to hear. And I just have to tell you, you know, you had me at hello because you're Peruana. My son was conceived in Machu Picchu. Oh, that's yes. quite and he was born in the year 2000. So, you know, he's an indigo, indigo child. So I wow. have a special place in my heart for Peru and I love it so much. I've been there many times. And so I am thrilled to have you and I'm dying to hear your story, Silvia. Oh my God, Nelly, what an honor. It's a very magical place. And I have to tell you this, I had to do a little research last year for a virtual reality company wanted me to do become an ambassador of, of, a, of a particular episode they had. So I did a lot of research about Machu Picchu because every single time I've visited, something hits you. And, and of course, you know, it's very magical. And and I started doing a lot of research about the culture of the Incas, and especially with Machu Picchu, what really, really impressed me that most of the citadel is surrounded by quartz. And quartz is a very powerful, energetic stone. Oh, and that's why, and it's huge. So I'm, I'm curious, uh, next time you're able to visit, I mean, what you feel, because there's a beautiful harmony. The whole story of it is quite fascinating. Mm-hmm. But listen, I'm, you... I'm, of all, I want to go back to you, though. You have had the most incredible, difficult, but incredible life. And mm-hmm. I want to I want to get to how you got to be this incredible explorer and activist and how the mountain changed your life. So I know you began in a very difficult way as a child. Can you tell us a little bit about your story? Yes, thank you so much. Unfortunately, I'm part of this very painful statistic. One in three women are going to have to experience some kind of sexual uh, trauma in their lifetimes. Mm-hmm. And, and have to, I have to tell you, sadly, I think that number is moving closer to two and two of three. It it just breaks your heart. And it's breaking my heart. I mean, the, the more cases that I keep hearing. Unfortunately, I had to experience this very painful period of sexual abuse from ages six to ten. And and that was incredibly heartbreaking. I mean, it took away my innocence. It took away the joy of growing up. And and it was during a time of a lot of chaos in my in my own household. I mean, my father was quite a violent man. We had a lot of uncertainty. We were in the middle of a civil war with the Shining Path, a terrorist movement. And and unfortunately, you know, this person told me to to be quiet. To that my parents were behind it you know, little children, you know, you're innocent. You you just simply obey what you're being told. And and I think that the most painful part was the unraveling of what I had gone through wasn't right as I was growing up. And ultimately I told my mother when I was 15 and it breaks my heart that I had to carry the pain mm. alone for so long. And it was, it came out of a moment of, of anger towards my father when I had enough and I just, you know, like blurted it out and ultimately when I told my mom um 
you know, it also, it unfortunately broke her heart. And they took me um, to see a specialist and, and ultimately they recommended for me to leave the country mm-hmm. just because of the complexities as well. And the stigma against women at the time, very few women would be speaking out and the chance of running away seemed great. And, and we know what happens when we run away, <laughs> you know, things don't go away. So as I started a new life in this country, ultimately the memories, just the emotions of what had happened came haunting me. And it led me, it combined with multiple factors in my 20s when I was living in San Francisco and I became a raging alcoholic and Mm. and I had to hit rock bottom until I asked for help. And that asking for help is what really started breaking through, through a lot of that trauma. Wow. And how did you ask for help? How did you get to that other side? Yeah, I asked my mother after an episode in which my youngest brother had found me completely just passed out in front of the house that we were sharing. She had me come back to Peru and do a powerful healing session of ayahuasca out of <gasps> all things wow. in the world. And, and my mother was not a new age type of person. She was incredibly conservative, very Catholic. Somehow she had tried ayahuasca. I had a cousin who was doing his residency in the jungles of the Amazon. And he had gotten to know who has now become one of the leading researchers in ayahuasca and his positive effects. And and so my cousin as a doctor kind of convinced my mom. My mom had it one time and completely opened up her world. She was able to get the insight that, that had been missing in her life. And so she said, this is going to help you. And I will never forget flying down to Lima that time, not knowing what to expect. And, and so what really was, I think, the biggest awakening for me is that during that session, I, instead of seeing anyone else hurting me, I saw me as a little girl shivering on the side of a corner, the image of, of the little girl that I couldn't stomach as an adult. I remember seeing this photo of her and just being mad at her because she couldn't prevent what had happened. And so I see this little girl and then I see myself as an adult and compelled to reconnect to this little girl. And and the message was, Mm -hmm. you need to embrace who you are. You, I mean, all the good, all the bad, I mean, all the painful parts of your past, you can't change them. You need to embrace them. And so as we reconnected and as I hugged my little girl, as we're doing that, at that moment, I hear a rumble and these massive mountains formed around us. And it's my little girl who grasps, grabs me from my hand and just takes me walking into the mountains. And, and that was p- pretty much the start of, of the big change in my life. It was this. Wow. this <laughs> I am going down there immediately. <laughs> we are going to I'll be happy I'll be happy to host you you're telling me this because I have been I have been you know kind of researching ayahuasca wanting to do it feeling afraid of it but I know sometimes our soul needs a breakthrough and I think that's what you had a breakthrough right yes absolutely and so in that breakthrough you you found your little girl and how did she take you to this explorer life you know we carry so much pain and and I and I, I I keep telling this to so many people whenever I give talks that my little girl saved me. I mean, we're these complex beings that unfortunately, as we grow older, 
you know, we get jaded. I mean, we start doubting ourselves, but we just need to trust that inner side, like that inside of us, that gut feeling. And especially when it is done from a place of love, because at the end, I mean, and I, and that's what I love about the power of, of the ceremony of this plant. I mean, even for Native Americans or a lot of our indigenous cultures, they have such a harmony with environment and, and it's a natural medicine. Many of them have their own equivalent, but especially ayahuasca is so powerful. And, and it was my little girl who, who ultimately takes this leap of faith, takes me to mountains. And then for me as an adult, I, I remember getting out of the vision and I had a couple of ways of, of looking at it. And I said, well, maybe I can walk the mountains of life with my little girl, or I can be very specific and take her to a big mountain. And so it only made sense uh, especially since she had survived such a horrible tragedy to take it to the tallest mountain in the world. So I remember taking a leap of faith, um, just just being so moved by this vision, this connection and, and telling myself, I've never done anything like this. I hated trekking. I didn't even like it. I, I just didn't. <laughs> yeah, Latinas are not exactly raised to go trek mountains. We are not. And, and that's something I'm trying to change. Whenever we'll go, we would go camping with family, friends, and I would just drive to a campsite, set up a tent and then take away, take off. Cause it's just like, yeah, I know. But, uh, but, but yeah, it, it never really was something that, that caught my attention and, and I had nothing to lose. And so I figured, well, you know what, why don't we just simply take a leap of faith? I had a little challenge. I only had seven days to go up and down to the base of Everest, which is what I wanted to do. It usually takes you a couple of weeks, but there was this part of me of taking that leap of faith, not knowing. But you had what never to... had you like even practiced doing this before not you really. did. Really, no. I was just going for a walk. There was a part of me. There was a jaded part of me, and there was a part of me that felt I kind of wanted to be proved wrong. I kind of wanted to just realize. Yeah, whatever. You know, this little girl inside of me taking me here, what does she know? And and something is not going to go right, but at least I can do it and I can just, you know, continue my path of self-destruction and and just, you know, figure be, completely be I don't know, just 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 be a convert that this doesn't work. It had time against me and and I started I went I hire a local guide. I I went with a porter even the owner of the company told me, like, you're not going to get far. You're going to have to turn around. It's impossible to get that far to the base of Everest in, you know, back and forth in a week. But I just had nothing to lose. And I love how nature proved me wrong. On the second day, as we got to this small little town called Namchibasar, I came across the Himalayas for the very first time. And that's where my life changed. It just simply just the sheer size of these amazing mountains, the motion. I will never forget my, I, I, for the first time I saw my place in the world, mm. a tiny little ant walking again. I mean, just behind this majestic, majestic, incredible mountains and a sense of reconnection, a sense of belonging. I mean, the first emotion that I remember feeling was awe all in a way that I really hadn't experienced for who knows how long, maybe since I was a little kid. And, and there was this sense of just a, a complete freedom and this incredible connection to nature, this incredible connection to a sense of protection that I hadn't felt from any other human. 
And if anything, I remember feeling like this sense of courage inside of me, this, this kind of strength coming out, this curiosity. And, and that propelled me to the base of Everest in four days. I, I just went so fast. I was unstoppable. I made my, my local guy sick. He couldn't continue. He got out of the sickness. I, I just wanted to see more. I mean, there was something that had unleashed inside of me. And and I remember I got to the base of Everest, and, and this is possibly the biggest gift the mountain gave me, as I had the chance to, to kind of climb this small peak to see the sunrise. I learned at that moment that the word of Everest in the Tibetan language means Chomolungma, which is mother of the world. And Oof. so in front of the mother of the world, I have this opportunity of, of just surrender. And and I was just so touched, so moved. I feel what ultimately the vision just had done is is giving me the opportunity of of opening up, of of overcoming. Just sometimes what trauma does, it puts us inside of a box. And and I remember just seeing the sunrise, having tears in my eyes, feeling this sense of reconnection, of gratitude. I, I am feeling, I mean, I, I'm just, you know, my awe, my courage, just, just my sense of my place in the world. It was just perfect harmony for me. So much gratitude to the surrounding that that I made a promise out there, the, the craziest promise in my life. I remember telling the mountain, I want to come back. I want to I wanna try to attempt climbing to the top. Up to that point, I wasn't a mountaineer. I, I kept hearing people being like, it's impossible, people die. But but there was this this almost innocent promise, this innocent wish, um, and I said I'm going to come back one day under two conditions, and, and this is the part of the Virgo part that I love. I remember telling myself I want to come back to as a mountaineer because this looks scary, and, and number one I don't want to put other people in danger in trying to rescue me, so I'll have to do my work. And two, I want to come back with a social cause. To, to give back as well. But those two are my big promises. You had uh, an intention in this in this walk that you were going to- Absolutely. Gonna... In, in, this, in this promise as I'm making, I had an intention, very clear, and personal growth and a way of coming back and, and a way of giving back. And, and those two kind of were tied together. And, and that is what literally started this, this whole incredible journey. That's what, what led this massive adventure- that took about 11 years in the making. That's how the seed started for me. Oh my God, What you're, you're blowing me away. <laughs> it, it's such an incredible story. You know, I have had horrible times of my life as well. And I, and I understand when you feel called to do something, like I went and did a silent meditation retreat for a week with Pema Chodron, the Buddhist nun. And, and I thought I was going to crawl out of my skin. It was so hard to not speak. And I realized I needed to listen instead of speak. And so I understand the power of that. And in your, you know, you talk in the book, I love the line that you say that you said, the shadow of the mountain brought me to my own shadow. And I want to, mm -hmm. I want to explore that with you because I think, by the way, I don't know if you know, I have a doctorate in psychology. So I know that before there was psychologists, there was ayahuasca and there was all these things that, you know, our, our indigenous people brought us to these places because we have to, that's why we're on earth, right? To go deep and figure it out. So I want to know, I want to talk about the shadow because I think we all try to sweep the shadow under the rug mm -hmm. and make believe it's not there. 
and that we can't live la di da like we all talk about we want to be happy all the time you can't know happiness if you don't know darkness and your shadow can you talk yes. about that line that you wrote because i think it's so beautiful when you said you found your shadow and you've embraced that shadow what was that shadow for you i think it was a trauma i think it was a shame i think it was i mean a pain that you know it wasn't mine to carry and that's unfortunately many circumstances that that a lot of us and especially women sometimes have to endure so so i think the problem was that i didn't have the right support system to deal with it and i also didn't make the choice i didn't reach out i could have um been able to try to work with a therapist at the time but but instead i think it was just the uh, you know the way that I fought my own shadows, just the old memories, the shame of who I was feeling that I was damaged was by numbing it, by becoming an alcoholic. That also became my biggest shadow too. And it's unfortunately, when when addiction gets out of control, it can overtake you. And, and I think that was really, really hard for me. I'm, I'm now five years sober and it's almost as I'm able to have this beautiful gift of living again. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course- I was going to say, I mean, now, yeah, I mean, I still have shadows. I still have yes, bad moments. It doesn't, I mean, it, you don't solve everything in one day. No, no. You, you don't solve it. No, it doesn't it's, go a, it's a journey. It's a journey. It is a, it's a journey. I mean, I'll tell you, I mean, when I was trying to publish a book, when we were trying to look for a publisher, we were, you know, my literary agent and I, we kept getting rejected left and right. And and imagine, you know, here I am putting my 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 life on on a on a plate. I've been putting all the vulnerability, this idea, and people are like, oh my goodness, so beautiful, but no, thank you. So beautiful, but no, thank you. And so getting all these doors closed at you, know, at you was just really painful. And, and it was this rejection of like, okay, well, they're telling me, I mean, like here you are trying to put this story that hopefully can touch others. And, and people are like, no, 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 no. But we'll never forget. I mean, those that time, I mean, the shadow, that insecurity, that uncertainty, nothing guaranteed. What am I going to do next? And it was just, just trusting on that vision, trusting that, you know, there is a purpose. I had, I had an intention of why I wanted to write the book. And I had that intention printed on my kitchen. And with every rejection, I would look at it. I would then go and do my compassionate meditation. I would just, you know, if I needed to cry, I would let go of the fear. I would look at fear. I would look at the fear and I would be like, it's passing. It's okay. Something is going to change. Something is going to change. And, and ultimately, it changed. Hold on. Moneymaker will be right back. Let's get back to the show. I mean, to me, it's actually just the equivalent of even when I started, when I saw the Himalayas for the first time. I mean, the, the shadow of the Himalayas were bigger than any, was was bigger than all of, of all of my pain. I mean, what I thought, and I think that's possibly part of the protection. The shadow of the mountains completely overtook every single part of me. When, when many of us go through a challenging time, we box ourselves somewhere. And, and because we're boxed, I mean, we lived under that darkness at times. And that darkness, I mean, we don't feel there's nothing bigger. And that's ultimately the reason why it was very important for me to, to bring it out. You need to, at times, kind of become friends with, with that darkness, in a way, accept it. 
I mean, it's part of the growth. As you said, not everything is going to be peachy. And, and it's, it's been the, during the darkest of most of the times. And, and that's one of the things that I was able to be so reflective about the book. I mean, in some of the occasions, just when I'm about to give up, just when I am feeling my most vulnerability, that's actually when the breakthrough comes for me. I love being able to share with people that for me, my strength is my vulnerability. That is my superpower. That that is literally what you know. Within this whole journey, I mean, for women, we as we're trying to strive, and I used to be in the tech world, so you know, quite competitive, and is very much cutthroat and pushing each other one way or the other, and so we see weakness as as a sign of defeat, and and that's not what what this whole journey has taught me. I feel embracing our most vulnerable times, embracing every single ounce of who we are is what literally leads us to the bigger and brighter places. And, and just, it's okay to have self-doubt. What has been very different, the way that I talk about my journey to, to many of my peers, I don't see that I conquer mountains. First of all, who are we to conquer, <laughs> number one? Then go to one of these mountains doesn't need to be the tallest in the world, any beautiful mountain, and especially in a lot of our countries. I mean, we're, I mean, in the Andes, in all of Latin America, um, you know, just get caught up in the middle of a storm. I mean, and it's almost as if the mountain is like, okay, who's conquering who? I mean, we're just this, this like, who little, do you think you are? Yeah, who do you think you are? We're these little figures, like, you know, temporarily passing here. These mountains are going to be here for, you know, more than, longer than we'd ever be. And, and I think there is a sense of, of that respect um, that I think has allowed me to, to really embrace uh, what the mountains have, have been teaching me all along. And, and I think that's in a powerful way, you know, this concept of shadow, this concept of, of just those dark times that we all go through. Nothing is eternal. I mean, and, and I started the book with this storm that almost kills us. And and I will never forget that that just that scene and remembering how you know here on, or, you know and one hour I'm fearing for my life I'm crawling I can't see I think I'm about to die, and two hours later the sun comes out like nothing like woohoo you know <laughs> I am and that's how life it. is and that's how yes. life is that's how life is and and that's 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 to me one of the the powerful parts about you know being able to to embrace all of us being able to embrace all the beauty, all the darkness, we can change it. And, and it is our attitude, how we look at it. It's so interesting because I think, you know, we talk so much in this podcast to entrepreneurs. And I just came back from a, a, a retreat with an entrepreneur. And, and you know, the, the, the journey, it is, it is like the hero's journey uh, mm -hmm. because you have to take a very big risk to do anything on your own and leave like the box of corporate America or whatever, to take this journey into the unknown. And it breaks most people. And so I want to, I want to I, I explore that with you. Like, you know, we all have moments where we, we question God, is there a God is what, where's the justice in this world? The world is injustice coming from, you know, here I am in the United States and I talk to so many American uh, entrepreneurs and American people. And they're like, Oh my God, we're going through this. And I go, because you don't know our history. We've gone through so much already. We have lived through so much. I explained to uh, Americans how in La Latin America, if you speak up, 
you, they, you're disappeared. You disappear and you're tortured and they call them the desaparecidos. And because they, they always ask me, why are Latinos quiet in America? And I said, because you don't know what we've been through. So yes. for you, how did this change your feelings of justice and injustice? Of is there a God? Is there not a God? Why are, do we have to find our mission? Can we, can we find our mission? Is it something like, why is life unfair? All these questions, what came mm -hmm. up for you? I'm sorry to hit you with so many deep questions, but. No, I, I love it. I love it. I love it. Number one is no question goes unanswered. Let's break the two of them. I mean, I started, I mean, when I reach out for help, when, when, and, and, and sometimes it is hard. And number one, always ask for help, always reach out. It's never late. It's, it's never. And, and I think that's inside of us that, and we need to be careful of being able to identify that, that, that sometimes is the ego. And, and is the, I mean, for me, it's been the humility of, of just always starting over again, not, not being afraid of and trusting when you ask for help, um, trust that if you have an idea, if you have an intention that is coming for, a, for a purpose, for helping to be of service, you are never going to go wrong. I mean, I mean, think magic is going to happen. And if you want, if the term magic is too much for you, it's just trust that, I mean, something is going to align. That, that has been my biggest discovery that I think. I mean, it's my little girl that saved me. And this is another book that I constantly quote, Vesen van der Kolk, The Body Keeps Score. For me, I feel we are these walking encyclopedias our body has so much information and every single moment that we spend in our lives, any little thing that maybe, you know, takes us on an, an unexpected detour at the end, they're all connected to whatever we want to do. I think that the gutsy part is asking ourselves, are we willing to look back? I mean, nobody else is going to give us the answer in, in a way that, you know, if, if we want to be able to take a leap of faith, we need to trust ourselves. So, you know, being able to, to take that leap of faith, being able to, to find a moment of quietness, being able to ask inside that question, you will get the answer. And, and that what has that possibly been the, the beautiful journey of my life. So what I'm hearing you say is that when we look back, you know, como dicen, you know, uh, there's 2020 vision, you know, looking back, that yes. if you connect the dots, of your life, you find what you're supposed to do. And that, you know, I said in my book, in your pain is your brand. And I, and you know, when sometimes people go, what am I supposed to do? And I go, well, go to your pain. Why, why were you given that pain? Even if it's horrible and you think, you know, I can't use that pain for anything. Yes, you can. Right. And you're the walking example of that, that sometimes you have to go, you can't run away from your pain. You have to go deeper into it and through it. Yes. The secret of life, I think, is, is just being able to to embrace. I mean, it's it's quite complex, but I think it is about being able to to take all the put the positive, the negative. I mean, but but we're just these incredible beings of of being able to constantly reinvent ourselves. I think what really stops most of us is fear, and and that's what I have loved about you know this whole journey with mountaineering and being in in exploration. You're you're dealing with constant fear all the time. And, and I think, and especially, I mean, I've been through so many storms um, and, and I like making fun of them. I mean, 
one of them in Denali that it's happened a couple of years after I finished Everest. I remember we we almost died in the middle of, of this unexpected storm that, that caught us. And I was in the middle of my period <laughs> and I started <laughs> freaking out because I, I I mean, I was about to be blown off the mountain and I, and I was embarrassed because I'm like, oh, my God, I'm about to die. They're going to find her and they'll be like, whoa, she bled to death. Oh, my God, no, she was on her period. And it was one of those things that I mean, that, that's a whole different thing about that's women. Like the and comedy of the comedy of that we worry about the silly things in the middle of because our vanity, right? And or our our vanity, yeah, yeah. It, it is funny, especially as a woman. I'm like, ah, and I have a very funny episode in the book about my period, so it was almost <laughs> like, okay, that's gonna get her. Um, but no, I mean, I think embracing it, and 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 in a way, that's that's part of what I feel, you know, during the darkest times. And and I and I remember I have felt this on storms in which I just, you know, I I I go back to like, oh my god, am I gonna be alive? I think especially in life, if we're going through a really dark period, always you have to anchor back to what's the purpose. What's your purpose? I mean, when you're getting so many rejections, when something doesn't seem to be right, always anchor yourself to what was that light? What was that idea? And by anchoring yourself to that, I feel that's going to keep allowing you to continue forward because the bad times will always pass. And, and that's another a metaphor that I remember that that I have used. I mean, the best advice I was told in the mountain, a very famous mountaineer, um, uh, Ed Viestras told me, you're going to have a bad day. Regardless of this beautiful two months that you're going to be here, you will have a bad day. Don't quit. And and I, I was so disappointed when he said that because I, I felt that, wow, you could have told me something about a technique or, or something to spec, you know, wh- what to do in this particular spot. But that was his, that was his, that, those were his words of wisdom. And and when I experienced that bad day, it made sense to me. And and the way that I've tell people is like, you're going to have a bad day. It could be a bad week. It could be about month, but it's temporary. Don't quit. Don't just just trust and, and anchor yourself. To what, you know, why are you doing that? I mean, why were you taking on that particular, um, you know, adventure or, or, or new idea? We're, you know, we tend to think also when we have a bad thing happen, that the other people, good and evil in a very black and white way, where where is forgiveness in, in your mind and empathy for all people and their flaws and their issues and their, and the people sometimes that hurt us? And I always say, you know, I always think, who are my terrorists? And then who am I, who have I been the terrorist of? Mm-hmm. Um, so where where does that live in your body? What I just said. How do you feel? I, I'm, 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 <laughs> Ellie, I'm laughing. I'm like, I have to go there with you. You know, we have to go I, I love it. I love it because I'm like, tools of, wow, you're reading my soul right now. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh you you are i mean they, they call it triple thread i think you're more than like you know you're you're a you. overall thread with just you know with with just your wits i mean which is not not just the, the financial insight but also this wisdom insight i mean yeah. i um i will tell you the secret to me has been the forgiveness um I learned what what has kept me sober for five years was the practice of uh, something called compassion cultivation training. Mm -hmm. I learned this incredible, powerful modality 
uh, we're eight weeks. I took about four classes. I'm trying to to become certified in Spanish so that I can bring it over here. Um, but on those eight weeks, I learned the power of self-compassion. And, and it's very unique because for most of us, we've always been compassionate to so many people. And I feel I need to do a facelift to the word compassion. I, I feel it's not properly used. And so a friend of mine recommended for me to take this class. And I was like, ah, whatever. And it literally spoke to me. And what really hit me was the power of self-compassion. Was, I mean, this before I could start forgiving anyone else, I needed to forgive myself. And these classes taught me the two most powerful things is the terminology of, of learning how to give yourself self-compassion, the strength that it needs, that you need to give yourself self-compassion, and also a terminology called common humanity, which teaches you that we are all interlinked. And, and I love that out of the eight different modalities of the, of the meditation, one of them, as you're imagining, you know, somebody that you dislike, somebody that, that has hurt you. Also, you're able to see somebody you have hurt. And, and in the way that you work through these meditations, you realize the commonality that you have. And that is something that I feel if, if anywhere you're walking, I think that whenever we, we go through a lot of pain, pain inside, we tend to feel that we're isolated, that it's only us going through it, that nobody else, you know, can be on our shoes. And that's where we're wrong. And this is what I love because I mean, within these meditations, it pushes you to realize, you know, it takes you away from your moment. They have this, this part in which is like, okay, now think about, you know, other people in your district. Think about other people in your state. Think about other people in your country. Think about other people in other continents. All of a sudden you realize like, wow, you almost see all these little lights. And, and, and when you just have this realization that, okay, I'm not alone. It's somebody else is going through the same. It just changes your attitude. I mean, and, and to me, I mean, I had an addiction that was close to, you know, 40 years. Oh, I mean, in terms of length. And I mean, this has been the, the way that I found my sobriety. I mean, the application of this compassion meditation. So for something that was so powerful that almost, I mean, none of, none of, nobody in my family ever felt that I was going to be able to overcome this. So the, the answer is self-compassion, learning to forgive yourself is a number one before, um, as, as we're dealing with this duality of good, evil, I mean, and, and dealing with not everybody, you know, being nice to us. And and the way to to deal with them is like, okay, you know, I mean, we, we just need to learn how to put boundaries as well. And and that's what self-compassion taught me, which was just, just the ability of also embracing yourself, learning how to put boundaries. I mean, it was really powerful. And I think it created all this change for me. I just want our listeners to hear that in this journey, you know, the show is called Moneymaker to become uh, abundant. We have to be abundant with ourselves first and we have to do our own inner work because even if we're succeeding, even if all goes well, all our garbage shows up if you're not Absolutely. working on it. And I, you know, for me, listen, I, I am so passionate about what you're talking about because I know from my own life, that when you try to hide something or keep it down or don't want to think, it just comes up and it'll mm -hmm. slap you right in the face. And I know that uh, in all parts of our life, we have to constantly be working on why we're here 
and yes. not let, you know, I have two parents that are at the end of their life. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I see all of the unresolved issues that come up when you have time to think. I want people to hear that you, it really does show up later if you yeah. haven't dealt with it. And Absolutely. so for me to hear this from you again is such a gift and a blessing, Silvia. What a joy mm-hmm. to meet you. Nelly, um, 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 thank you so much for this opportunity. Huge admirer. I, and I love that you're saying, because I think for, for many people as well, and, and especially for us in the Latino culture, you know, some of us are lucky that our parents are still alive. And, and the way that I talk about my father in the book, it's who he was at the time. Unfortunately, he passed away a couple of years ago, and I was the only out of all of his kids holding his hand when, when he died. But the reflection, I mean, I was able to just see the pain. And, and I feel that for him, and, and he taught me that you need to make the change else. That's what's awaiting me. And, and I think the beauty for us now is many of our parents came from a generation of a lot of suppression. They didn't have the freedom that, that we have now. They didn't have, they couldn't hear all of what we're talking right now. And it can be painful. I think it's part of our journey to be there, holding their hands, listen to them, but also learning that, you know, we have a choice in this life how we want to live and and taking that as the grain of salt that, you know, and, and I believe this, we can always make the change. It's never late. It doesn't matter how old we are. Every, every day is an opportunity for us to take that leap of faith and, and walk life, you know, with your shadows. As long as we have the purpose, as long as we have the light where we're trying to go, we're going to get there. I, I guarantee that a hundred percent. Lavado, thank you so much. And in the shadow of the mountain, do not miss it. It's beautiful, and your message is beautiful and necessary in this moment. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Nelly. What, what a journey. Thank you. Moneymaker is a production of Money News Network. Moneymaker is written and hosted by me, Nelly Galan. Our executive producer is Morgan Lavoie. Thanks for listening. See you next time. <laughs>